Hi guys, I'm André Villas-Boas, listening to Echoes of Glory. And don't forget, whatever happens, the future is bright, the future is lily white. Come on, you Spurs. Hello and welcome to Echoes of Glory, Season 10, Episode 14. I'm Jack. I'm ASD. I'm Van. And we've got loads of your questions that we're going to run through today, because it's, it's been a difficult week as a Spurs fan with two defeats, and we will... We will go through the games and what we uh, what we thought about them, but uh, we thought we'd go through all of the wonderful questions that you've sent in. Um, so thank you for everybody that's got involved and done that the last couple of days. So ASD, do you want to kick us off with what the first first question is? I just, last time we recorded, we were first. By the time this finishes, Chelsea are playing West Ham right now. We could be sixth. Mm. <laughs> it is amazing. Uh, yeah. Man United are in the title race now. What's happened there? Um, <laughs> all of that, though, Arsenal is still awful. Um, that, that's the best bit of it all. Um, fine. The first question came from Jihad, or like within seconds of me putting the question out, and he just said, why? Just why? <laughs> and I think we'll we just let that soak into our Spursy system. So um, the first one, big picture stuff. Sorry, Meringi. Mering says, what are our realistic aims for this season? Because this is Jose's first season, although he's been in the job for over a year now. But so this is his first full season. He's had a full window. He's got another one coming up. What's what's our aims, Jack? Um, I think it's the same as when he was brought in, which is to secure Champions League qualification and, and win a trophy. I think his brief isn't that much different from what Pochettino's was. I think obviously we dropped out of the cha- of Champions League football, um, which has been difficult, and it's been made evident with. Man United and with Arsenal, how you can fall out of it easily, and then before you know it, it's three or four years until you know, and you haven't got that football back. So I think that his brief relatively straightforward, and I, I think ultimately it's that it's getting a top four and win a trophy, not one or the other. I think the absolute bare minimum for him is to finish in the top four. That would be like that would be him doing an average job for us. Would be getting us into the top four because we've consistently been in there, and I think yeah, I think he was been he's been brought in to get us over the line in those semi-finals and finals and, and big moments that we just haven't been able to do. Yeah, yeah. Van, has it changed since he came? Do you think? I, I, to be fair, I, I think it, it feels like it's changed over the last week. I don't think it has. I don't think at any point there there was a nicety around being near the top of the table, but I don't think realistically in that. Most people's hearts are hearts. They ever thought that was going to be the case. I do think the, the piece that Jack alluded to with regards to just that bit of know-how to get games over the line, particular semi-finals, finals, is really important. And I think that's why the last week or so has been disappointing. Mm. It, it, you know, particularly just around, maybe not the Liverpool game, but certainly the Palace and the Leicester game. Um, just that know-how, which doesn't just mean defend and hold on um, for dear life. But top four, always getting back into the Champions League was going to be um, important. And then, yeah, getting to a final and winning a cup. So we're still, you know, we're playing Stoke this week. That still gets us, yeah, we should beat Stoke. We should end up in the in the semi-finals of the League Cup. And, you know, that's a, that he made, that he made himself, himself famous for winning that, didn't he? You know, success breeds success. And we see it, you know, City did it for the longest time as well. Guardiola would go all out to win that trophy because it's like, get it, get out of the way. So I don't think it's changed. I just think it's, you know, stylistically, it's whether we want to achieve that by playing the way we are is the broader question, I guess. Yeah, we'll come on to that. I had a quick look because it's been a bit of a dour week. 
So I had to look at where we were last year versus where we were this year, both um, in like for like games. And actually, we're, we're plus four points where we were like for like. So uh, the plus three against United, we obviously lost that game. Plus two against Burnley, plus three against Saints, plus two against Watford or West Brom. But then we obviously dropped three versus Everton, minus two versus West Ham, which is interesting. So uh, I, it's it's been a bad week, but the longer term trend is definitely upwards. And I think I think we're on course. But now we get on to the, the style point, because it it's been a bad week for the style. Um, if you let me read some stuff out, I've got quite a lot to read out. So Wrong John says, are the fans happy to watch this brand of football if it means a trophy at the end of the season? It's so depressing. And I think there's there's two styles we need to talk about. There is a, we had Leicester, which might, we're, we're hoping it was an anomaly and it was it was fairly, we didn't do anything, we didn't challenge, we didn't go for it. And actually then there's Jose's, adaptable very defensive on the break style which we saw play so well against United against City against Chelsea so I think we need to distinguish those two but let me read you some quotes um and what I want to understand from you guys from these quotes is what does it mean to be Tottenham and what is the most important thing here what's up because Blanche Flower said one winning isn't everything wanting to win is now have we always shown that we wanted to win this season do you think I, I I can't believe for a second that we've gone out in any of the games and not played to win. Like I, I, I know that Mourinho gets labelled with the park the bus system, right? But I think that he approaches games, all games, tactically sets us up in the way that he thinks it gives us the best opportunity to win a game. Like there are games where you draw nil-nil or you can't quite do it going forward and then he gets criticised, right? But I think that every game of football that we play... I think any game of football that any team plays, you're going to win the game. It might be that you're trying to win the game 1-0 as opposed to winning it 5-0. But I can't, you know, even down to like a Saturday league level, it's like you always set out to win games. You never set out to do anything other than that. So, yes, I believe that we're doing that. I think that this week the style has been massively criticised. The week before that and the the victories against Arsenal, against City, against United, it's been lauded as Mourinho masterclasses. So... The problem with the style is when you play like that and you lose, you get absolutely slaughtered for it. And there's no hiding there's no hiding from it. It's like you've set up negatively and you've been beaten. Like what what can you take from that that's a positive? Mm. But that's that's sort of as fans, whether or not you like that or not, with Jose that you've got to sort of accept that that's what it's going to be, in my opinion. Um, go on, Van. I think there's a little bit more to it. So I'd agree definitely on the principle. Like I don't think professional football, you don't get to be a professional footballer and not want to win, right? You, you, you have that edge that, that most people generally don't have. And to itself, sometimes it, you know, it leads to a mistake. What Aurier did this weekend was a mistake because he's trying to win the ball, you know, but, but they, they want to win. I think the challenge for me with the style is more so that it is reliant on an element of luck. And the luck is that you need to score early and you need to score first. Yeah. So against Man City, against Arsenal, because we scored early, early because we scored first, meant that going on <clears throat> to win the game was always going to be possible because mm-hmm. you, you then enter an element of control. And Tottenham's version of control is give the other team the ball and, and not let them score, right? It's no different to Man City holding on to the ball for over and over again. The difference is if City aren't winning, in that example, or let's use Liverpool, if they're not winning, they have the ball to be able to go and do something with it. 
So that's my only challenge around like the concept of the master, the, the Joe saying masterclass in that it involves something to happen. And if that thing doesn't happen, then what? And it feels like the lack of a plan B mm. at times is hurting us. Um, especially with the quality of players that we've, that we've got, these players haven't turned around and been, um, you know, turned into bad players overnight. <clears throat> I, I, I still don't quite understand where we're at with Ndombele. feels like the only player who can control the ball in close areas and Mourinho doesn't seem to, to trust him. That's fine. I mean, my thoughts on Sissoko are well known. Um, but I, I, it's that element of luck that makes me nervous, that what happens if we don't score first? And we've seen in the last week that not every game is going to be like West Brom, where we get a last-minute chance and can win it. Especially if we concede first, we don't look like a team that can break the other team down. And I think that's the that's just the nervousness. And we're going to have amazing results like Arsenal, but then we're going to have results like Palace and, and Leicester. And I think just a little bit more consistency across the board yeah. would probably just make it all feel like there's a bit more of a plan. I think that's the thing for me. It, it kind of just feels a bit disjointed, like there's no real plan. There's no attacking plan. There's no patterns. There's no attacking patterns for our team at the minute, which is which is a bit worrying. I think the point you make there on consistency as well, and it's in, uh, this is not me like hiding away from how poor we were against Leicester, but that's the problem that all, all teams have got at the moment because it is a really odd season again. And it's like, you know, Liverpool all of a sudden have, have gone on a bit of a run and are looking like a decent team again. But before that, like nobody really in the Premier League could string a, a run of results together. Like mm. forget Liverpool lost 7-2 at Villa. Yeah, it's like it's just absolutely like we won six one at United and Liverpool beat Palace seven nil. You know, Palace are a team that we struggled to to break down the other week. It's like there are crazy score lines still happening in all of the games, which you know doesn't justify why we were so poor against Leicester. But I do think that there is an element of that unpredictability that the, the Premier League's always been that right, but even more so at the moment. It's like if all of a sudden at the weekend Sheffield United turned Man City over, you'd be like. Okay, I weren't expecting that, but actually, that 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 result can happen in this season. So it's like we do need to take that into account as well. Yeah, a hundred percent. This is a weird year. But um, isn't, isn't that fans' point that the unpredictability is what we're relying on to get us through? I know that's you're talking about a, a, a grander level than the in-game thing, and I don't think we went into the Chelsea game looking to win. Definitely not in the second half. Maybe in the first half. So I'm there's a bit of me which thinks it's more. We start off with a point and we do not lose that point sometimes then we go in to win all three. Um, but your point about the goals is is so right. Our top scorers, so Son and Kane, 11 and 9 goals. Do you know who our next top scorer is? It's joint between Aurea, Bale, Lo Celso and Dombele and Mora on one goal. And that's our problem. We have no goals coming from elsewhere at all. And it, that's a real problem, I think. Like, but that's, that's, no where, that's where you miss Deli Alley. Isn't mm. it? So like even last season when he wasn't playing that great, he was still getting his numbers. And it's like he there's a solution for us there, but it's whether or not we can find a way of getting him into the side, whether or not he's able to apply himself in a new role. But they're they're worrying statistics to be honest. Like I didn't think it would be that bad. Like I would have thought that the likes of Lucas and Bergwine, you know, your other attacking players would have maybe yeah. chipped in with a few more. So it does surprise me that. Um but then on the flip, you look at that and you just think, yeah, but Kane and Son, do you know what I mean? They're so good that it's like, do we yeah. do we need to do we need to worry about that? Like well, I the think injuries, the, the worries. Yeah, injuries. I think the 
the thing for me that we've we've lacked for a while is still and it undembele is probably the guy right is the person that when a team sitting can thread those passes through and can actually break lines or can dribble past someone and that's where Lucas Moore I think is quite good because he is someone that's unpredictable and he can go past a man and commit somebody um, but we lack that passer, didn't we? That that guy that can just take the ball on the half term and play a really intricate ball between the lines and Kane or Son are in, bang, it's a goal. Which I, but, but to be clear, if you're going to play in a certain way, you don't necessarily need that. You know, for me, the challenge is not that we don't have that in our starting <laughs> eleven, because like you know, like I said, a week ago we were all lauding it, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that. I think the challenge is what happens when it doesn't work. And you've seen it in the last few weeks. It is like for like replacements. It is, you know, I'm going to bring this per, you know, I'll bring a Winks for a, um, for Aurier in this instance, but it's another centre midfielder. There's no sort of, um, you know, I'm going to, you know, there's no trying something that appears to be different. Mora and Bergwijn are interchangeable. They're they're the, basically the same player. Yeah. And Dombele and Lacelso. If you're not going to play both of them in an attacking role, they're the same player. And I think, you know, beyond sort of and might occasionally replace um, Regulon, uh, Regulon with uh, Davies, which feels like the only change that we do in our team where we're playing someone who's vastly different. But like, where, where's Meniscus? You know, where, where I don't know, maybe he's injured, but he hasn't had any Premier League time. Mm. You know, what's stopping us going with that two up front, pushing Sonny out wide? And I think that's the, you know, that sort of like, I'd just love to see him throw caution to the wind and just go, screw it, just put all the attackers on and just... Lose the game two 0 not just one 0 you know. But that 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 for me feels like that's the piece that's that's missing stylistically from Spurs. I think the other thing to think about is as well. It's sort of like I think that that's a better problem to have than the problem we had last season when we were just leaking goals. Yeah, it was yeah. like we were going into every game last year being like we're going to have to score three to win this, and it's like I think that I would rather us scratching our heads a little bit in terms of what can we do in the final third because players can with the players we've got in our squad there's enough there that can produce moments of brilliance in games and I think that with the attacking ability we've got that's an easier problem to solve 12 months ago if you just said we'd have a back four of Aurier, Dyer, Alderweireld and potentially Davis and that's going to become rock solid you'd be a little bit like I, I can't really see that happening but he's managed to do that so I'd rather us have the problems we've got now than, than, than what we had last year. Yeah, and like this, you've got to think about where Jose's come from, right? And how it was the solution to our problems. He he was born out of the Barcelona system, which was where the birth of modern football came from, right? And where there was five or six coaches that took what he what he saw there and they tried to take tiki taka. And only Barcelona are able to do it because of that unbelievable midfield of Xavi, Iniesta and Busquets. He'd, Jose took it the other way and did what no one else was doing and was the solution to that. But now Tiki Tac has sort of gone a little bit and it's more, it's far more evolved in the Klopp model, really. I think Klopp's model is the future with these really dynamic fullbacks and the front three. So it, it's really flexible. It can be Tiki Tac or it can be just at you. But it, is it is it slightly archaic now? Is he not involved in the way Capello is one of the greatest managers ever, but didn't quite evolve? However, as a bare, bare basic, what it has done is solved a lot of our problems. Going back to the question, are fans happy to watch this brand of football if it means a trophy at the end of the season? Yes. <clears throat> yeah, ultimately, if, yes. We win the trophy 100%. 100%. Yeah. If you, there's, a, there's a bit of me which... It's, 
two hours is a big sacrifice for my time, right? You two young kids, right? And it just feels like, oh, like when you watch, I guess it, it's it's poisoned by the Leicester and the Liverpool result. Against Arsenal, it was even better than the free-flowing stuff because you knew how frustrating it was and how just controlling it was. But there is a bit where it, it just is depressing when you lose, isn't it? And I'm going to... Let me retract my answer slightly. I think now, whilst no one is in the stadium and, and we're just watching it on TV, for me, the answer mm. Yes. Equally, as someone who doesn't necessarily go to the matches, um, I'm also, I can happily have the football on with the sound off and be watching something else or playing with my kids. So I don't necessarily feel it, that sort of thing, in the same way that other people might. I think there is a broader piece around if there were fans in the stadium, would we be winning those City games, those Arsenal games and all of that kind of stuff. But I think genuinely... There are very few football fans who would rather play nice football than win a trophy. And in particular, Spurs who have not won anything in a long time. Now, do I want us to be like this in three, four years time? No, but if this is if winning a trophy means bring a few more players in, the style evolves and all of that kind of stuff. Whereas if you don't win a trophy, then what? You know. Tell me what it feels like, Leeds. Like Leeds is a great to watch. They're also, Lineker said it, didn't he? Yesterday, they're great to watch. But they're also great to play against. Like, they, and that—that's the way. What we're trying to eradicate here is Spursy. And there's a lot of people who've been brought up on Blanche Flowers. You know, it's nothing. It's the game is about glory. It's about doing things in style and with a flourish. About going out and beating the other lot, not wanting them to dive board them. But that—that's where Spursy came from, really. It's about us not having control, but just going out there to play the football and to try and beat them. But with passion and without control and it's a difficult one wrong john um i've got two two points two points to make on it and i think the first one is i think we're all agreed apart from maybe the last year the football under pochettino was brilliant to watch especially at white hot lane the high press the energy like really suffocating teams it was fantastic we all loved it and it was a great period but we don't have anything to show for it and for me, what this is, it's the same under Redknapp as well. The football was fantastic under Redknapp. It was so entertaining, great to watch. Nothing to show for it, not really. Um, so for me, this is a period of a few years where it's like about getting the trophies in the cabinet, which we should have probably won in the last 10 to 15 years, but we didn't. And I'm happy to to watch football that's maybe not quite as entertaining as what as a, as a Spurs fan you probably come accustomed to. But having said that, I don't think the football this season has been that bad. I think when we lose, all of a sudden it's like, oh, God, that was dreadful. But <coughs> our counter-attacking football is some of the most exciting football I've seen. Like when we get the ball and we break and it goes up to Kane and we've got the forward runners, it is so exciting. It's not as if you're not playing Sam Allardyce football, right, where you're sat 11 behind the ball, you're literally playing on set pieces. Like that's dreadful football. Was like I think watching us attack the big sides on the break's been been absolutely brilliant. So I think that it's easy with the results and the way that we lost against Leicester to maybe think that it is really really dire at the moment. When it, when in hindsight it's not like if we win our next five games we'll probably be second or yeah. maybe, you know potentially even higher. That that's how strange the season is. So I think there's, there's there's the two points from me really like that. I don't think the football is that bad and. Jose ultimately is just, has been brought in to win stuff. And it's sort of like, I think a lot of Spurs fans are willing to sort of accept if we have a typical Jose reign of three seasons and he wins two or three trophies and it all ends in tears, 
most of us would be pretty happy with that. I know I would be. Yeah, the only, the, the only slight counter to that, I, I'd agree with the, the principle around winning the title. The only thing I'd say, certainly around the style is, broadly, if you look around who wins trophies in any league, in any, um, uh, you know, in the cup competitions, in the league competitions, there tend to be teams that play on the front foot. And I'm not necessarily saying um, attack, attack, attack the way that Barcelona do. But generally, the approach is much more um, offensive than it is conservative. Historically, all teams have, have um, well, not all teams, but for the most part, even when Leicester won the league, they weren't a defensive team, even though they didn't have most of the ball, right? They were very sort of attacking, offensive team. So that's my only sort of nervousness around the style is that I don't necessarily think this style of football, and again, maybe just last three games, but... You felt it against Brighton, you felt it against West Brom as well, will necessarily lend itself to winning a trophy. And I think, again, that goes down to what I was trying to say earlier around maybe requiring that element um, of luck. So that, yeah, yeah. And, mm-hmm. and also, I don't know how much closer I think we are right now to winning a trophy than we were not in the last year of Poch, but certainly in the mm-hmm. two seasons before. And that's, that's the only thing I'd say is like, Yes, I agree. If the, it was almost like, you know, and I think we asked this question once a few years ago on the pod. It's like, would you take Jose Mourinho and guarantee a trophy? Of course you would. But for me, I don't necessarily feel we're much closer to winning a trophy than we were on the pot. Now, I do think if we get to a final and back us to win it more than we did mm-hmm. under Pochettino, because from that mentality perspective, I'm just not convinced we're going to make more finals than we did. No. The other thing as well is like when you're when when you're in a league with Man City and Liverpool in, it's hard to win trophies. Yeah, like it's, it's hard. It's, it's hard. If you look at some of the other leagues, you know, La Liga, even the Italian leagues, you know, like it's easier to win domestic trophies there. And it's like it, that, that's not an excuse for why we haven't won one. But it's like realistically, you're going to have to beat Man City or Liverpool. To, unless you're very lucky with the draw, or they go out early to win a trophy. And yeah. it's like they're two very very good sides. The, the, I guess you, you're right, but what he did with Chelsea, I guess what he did with Chelsea was was the is probably going to be the peak of his career, right? In that first series, I've got I will talk about individual clubs later with him, but he did it, and then he did it with United. You know, instantly he just wins a trophy wherever he goes. I I'm not I don't agree with you, and I think I feel like we are closer because I feel we can shut up shop. Like we were unlucky against Liverpool, right? We can we show we could shut out Chelsea, we show we could shut out City, we Liverpool was Liverpool, Leicester was a mess, but I, I feel like we can get closer to it. I, I'm saying that we'll lose against Stoke when we in their <laughs> seventh choice keeper. Uh, let me move on to the next one. So the Aguia, Aguia, Theagia says, it is of my belief that Spurs do not have the squad capable of playing possession football. Most of the teams seem to be struggling under the press. Players like Sissoko, Oria, Dyer, Mora, Bergwijn and Reggie, uh, perhaps even Sun, seem to struggle with congested spaces and press. They are uh, they are better when there is open space to run to. Poch had Eriksen, Vertonghen and an inform Ali and Dembele, which allowed him to may, play a more possessive style, which right now doesn't seem the right fit. What do we think about that? I think it's a good point. Uh, I, I think they're being selective with the players they're picking there. We got so, Dembele, Kane, who are obviously amazing. Yeah, I, I think, so firstly, it's like, we even just said it earlier, right? When did we look best under Poch was when we played our counter-attacking. Spurs have never been a pass-the-ball-around-the-back, you know, wait for something to open up kind of team. That's not, that's not how we play. Um, you know, 
swap the Tongan for Odavaro, for example. Like you still got someone who's capable of raking passes. Someone like Regulon, for example, is um you know hugely confident on sort of like running the ball, you know, forward. When you talk about possession, you're just talking about having the ball, right? So you know, I think it's a different type of possession that we play. Someone like Kane, I don't think there's many players who can pass the way he does in the final third. So I, I don't think it's whether we are capable of playing like possession football because I don't think ticky tackle. I, I, I don't think he means possession football. I think he means having it in the middle and even the final third and moving the ball quickly around there. And I, I, in that respect, I, in that respect, I agree. I think I, you know, Mora gives the ball away a lot. Um, Sun, Sun and Kane are Sun and Kane. But then in the middle you've got Sissoko can't pass. Hoiberg is obviously absolutely brilliant with that. And I think it's choosing to play that way though. I don't think it's because we can't. Mm-hmm. I think we are choosing not to be a final third possession team because we are choosing to have Kane drop deep, pick it up around halfway, ping it over the top for someone like Sonny um, to run onto. So I, I, I think we don't get me wrong. I'd love to see us try. I would, you know, in, in games like Crystal Palace, for example, turn it on, camp outside their box and just pass, pass, pass and wait for something to open up. But we've got the players to do it. I just think, you know, like I said, Jose is bringing off and Dombele at half-time in games because he doesn't want to play that way. You know, mm. he's pushing Lacelso out wide because he doesn't want to play that way. So I think we could, and I really wish we did. Um, but I don't think, you know, besides Ericsson in particular, I don't think Ali was ever that was ever Ali's game. Ali was always about running beyond the striker and and uh, and, and 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 really playing the role that Sun is playing nowadays, right? Which I think Sun is better than. Ericsson is a big change but by the time Ericsson left we'd all sort yeah, of said, yeah. well, moved away from yeah. the style of football and globally if you look the number 10 as a role doesn't really exist anymore you know no. don't play with a with a number 10 so I, I, I get it, or their point I don't know if it's a, if it's a, if it's a guy I, I get their point around possessive style I just I just think uh, for me again it's around have that as a plan B when plan A isn't going right but Jack's right you know when, when we're playing well you know, that ball over the top or that run from, from Sun through from Ke- the Southampton game. It was amazing, I'd, wasn't it? Watch that all day long than uh, than sort of just knocking the ball around the uh, the final third. I think that's the, the difference here. I also think it's easy to be selective with like what what we're criticizing and moaning about because let's think back to the A V B era where we would have sixty five percent possession most games. And we just go side to side to side, and we and we couldn't break teams down. And I, I agree with what Van said in terms of we've not been a side that pins teams in and dominate the ball. And it's like even when you think back to under when we had Harry and you had Van der Vaart and Modric and Bale, what he was at the time, we weren't as like teams would get results against us by sitting in and defending deep. Like mm-hmm. we've always struggled. Like you know, it used to be a nightmare when you go to a game and you'd be playing, you know, a McCarthy team, yeah, and it'd be mm-hmm. nil-nil after 70 minutes, and it would just feel like nothing's happened. Yeah, The goal is taking five minutes to take a kick, and it, so it's like, I think we've always struggled against that. I think a lot of teams struggle. Like, that's, you know, to be the perfect football team, which really in the modern day is the Man City team of three seasons ago that got 100 points, and Pep's Barcelona team. Right, they're like the perfect football teams, if that's the style that you want. It is so difficult to play consistently like that. Like you have to be perfect every sing every player has to be perfect with possession. And I'm then that just, you know as well. 
But I think Liverpool are different. I think Liverpool I, suffocate teams. But Liverpool I'll tell you what. really make it impossible to do anything. Like you can't, that, you can't defend deep. You can't get out. It's just like they suffocate you. Is what I'm hearing is it's so difficult to impose your style on them. Yeah. Like United did it. Whereas actually, what, instead of imposing your attacking style, what you can do is just set a, a benchmark of this is our defensive style. And you cannot break us down. If we can't push what we want to do on you, we're not going to let you do what you want to do to us. So maybe, maybe that's the way to think. So I it's we in- did quite well against Liverpool, though. I know we haven't massively spoke about it, but like I thought the way we defended with a four-four-two out out of possession. I thought we'd restrict... Like, you're never going to stop a front three of Salah, Mane and Firmino from creating chances in an hour and a half. Like, you're, you're not. It's not yeah, going to happen. Yeah. You can restrict them, which I think we really did, and you can pose a threat on the counter-attack, which we definitely did in the second half. But it's like, I actually thought the way we probably stopped them playing the way that they normally would for 90 minutes anyway. It's like, And I thought they probably deserved to just edge the game. But on another day, if we'd have took our chances, we might have just nicked it. Against they were incredibly Liverpool, lucky, weren't they? Against Liverpool, if we put in an extra five more minutes after Kane missed that header, mm-hmm. that's what it felt like. It felt like Kane missed that header and then we went, no, we've made three good chances. We haven't taken them. A sharp shot. I genuinely think five more minutes, we'd have made another great chance. We'd have probably taken it, even if we hadn't. I just thought that was our big problem with Liverpool. That first 15 minutes at half time, after half time, we were brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, so it's a shame a couple of those chances that you know that Bergwijn had didn't go in, but and that for me is the challenge with Mourinho. It is just that it, his impulse to defend what he has versus go for something more. And I think I agree with you around Liverpool, but that for me is a micro um, version of our challenge this season is mm. just a little bit, just go a little bit more ambition. Five more minutes there changes the whole complexity of that match. Because I agree with you, I thought for those 15, 20 minutes after half time, we were brilliant. Yeah. Better than we played against City, better than we played against Arsenal. But, you know, that, uh, I think that's that, that that's the the crux of it for me at the minute. It's risk and reward, isn't it? Like yeah. that ultimately, oh, like, it's like how much do you want to risk to potentially go 2-1 up in a game versus how much do you want to? And, and that's the difference between what we've been used to with Pochettino, where it was hard, it was all risk. To now with Jose, where it's a little bit more. Actually, I'm not. I'm not sure if I want to risk that much in this game. Go on, mate. Well, it's it's like we're saying that there there is a crunch point of it. It there's a point where if we haven't won anything, that we can't play like this anymore, right? Right. That's, yeah, yeah. that's, that's the net of what we the, just said. The, the difficulty with Jose is is that if we go this season and like finished fifth and didn't win anything, then the style slaughtered. And you know what? It's like I'll defend his style and all that up to the up to when we get to that point. And it's like if we get to that point where actually he hasn't achieved the success, then it's like, well, no, I don't want to see his plan this way either. But at the minute, like we're we're still doing pretty well in the league. We're through in the Europa League. We're in the quarterfinals of the League Cup. Like we're doing really as well as what we could have anticipated at the start of the season. Yeah, at this yeah, point. yeah. Um, the last week's obviously changed it a little bit, but like until we until basically he fails. Then there's a for me the big question mark. But at the minute I'm fine with it because I still got the belief that he's going to be the guy that's going to break the duck. Uh, the next questions I think we've we've answered them really. So Max Payne eleven says the lack of creativity and how it can be solved. Zach four three one seven says how can Mourinho improve his tactics. P Mags eleven says have Spurs become sloppy on the ball or we just noticed tilting stop breaking our way and um, we sort of answered it. We, I've, I've I've had a quick look at some stats. Kane is 
second in creating big chances behind De Bruyne. Um, and Sun is joint ninth as well. Kane is top on the most shots. We've got the second and fifth highest scorers. We've got the joint eighth highest hit the woodwork stats. Like we're, we're, we're doing it. So I think we've covered it. So Schluby123 says, has a Jose team ever played attacking football the way Chelsea or Liverpool side have? Or should we expect nothing different and still expect them to pop the bus versus West Brom? I can't remember a, Chelsea, a Mourinho team ever being attacking. Like yeah, His first Chelsea team were very attacking. And Real Madrid, he broke the goal scoring record in La Liga with Real Madrid. Fine. Yeah, I I, I, I do think, honestly, it, it, it really is the... Chelsea v two and the United that has been. I, I don't think he's first yeah. for like free flowing attacking football, but you know that Drogba Lampard combination. You know, yeah. Dad, what, who who was the, the two wingers? Robin, that Robin, on Robin, yeah, Robin and, and and stuff. I remember when. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I think his first Chelsea team was played really, really the type of football that I'd love to play now. Like. Very good defensively, but um, very, very good going forward. We'll go and win every game 2 0, but they not necessarily. Weren't they really? Like they were the complete football team. Like they could do, if it was a physical game and that you, a team wanted to kick them, no problem. If it was a open, free flowing, expansive game, no problem. Like they literally were the perfect team. Didn't they concede like eight goals in a season? It was crazy, uh, wasn't it? It, it was, was less than 10, wasn't it? It was it, just absurd statistics. Yeah. But they had like, you know, Ashley Cole, Carvalho, you know, footballers. They had a lot of really, really good footballers. And I, I think almost, it's almost kind of sad that his, his second time around with Chelsea, and in particular the fact that he ostracised Juan Mata so much, he was their like great player. And what happened at United? But again, you know, at United he brought in um, Zlatan Ibrahimovic, who like, got 28 goals in his first season. I've got I some stats that... Let's and he won that. the league as well. He won the league in his second stint at Chelsea. And I think people do forget that. Yeah, yeah. Let, let me come on to that later. So the next question is a bit of a, a change. So our centre back, so Northbridge 10 says our centre backs have been solid, but that's because we're defending very deep. Is there a chance we buy a fast centre back like San Davinson with better positioning and less mistakes and go to a slightly more attacking line that we used to before the West Ham game? Now, for me, the, we, we talked about this before, and the one we were linked with before the start of the season was that Skriniar. Skriniar yeah. from, he's the best centre-back in Serie A, 25, six foot two, bit of a unit, but then he's also really good with his feet. Uh, he's exactly, exactly what we want for me. And he, he looks like he could be a Toby replacement, and that that's the thing for me. But do we need another centre-back? Potentially. I mean, I'm not a massive Sanchez fan, if I'm honest. I think that... We, when we brought him in, I don't think he's much of a better player now than he was when he first joined us. And I think that's the, that's the question mark with him. Um, he's not a bad centre-back and I think he could go and play a lot of sides and look decent. Mm. But the issue for me is he, he all, he's always got a mistake in him on the ball. Like, always. Like, him, the four, him and Aurier have taken up half of our defence literally gives me, <laughs> gives me nightmares the thought of that especially but, both of them on the right hand side as well it's just like oh that's horrific um i think it's a really good point in the question about because dyer and alderweireld are not the most mobile right so if you do play higher you're more you're you're more likely to get done with a ball over the top which is where you know sanchez you'd think you know naturally he would go in there so potentially we could do with somebody with a bit more mobility but 
then we used to play Haaland with Fatonga and Alderweireld, and, and, and do you know what I mean? They weren't that mobile. I think it's it's more about if you're going to press a team, the whole team has to press. Yes. It's like if you watch Liverpool play, like Van Dijk, yeah, right, Van Dijk can move, but like Joel Matip, can he move? Like not not really. It's like, but it's because the the team collectively know when to press, when to drop off. And I think that's a bit of what our issue is at the moment is when we do get done like that, it's it's because the mid, the strikers and the midfielders have gone and the back four have, have stayed and then you've got twenty yards of space that a number ten from the opposition can can drop into. So look, I think another centre back would be a good thing, right? I think if we could go and get a really high calibre centre back, that I love Eric Dyer, I think he's a, he's a good squad player to have. Is he going to be the player? marshalling the defence for 38 league games if you want to win a league I'm not sure but I think he's a good squad player to have if you could go and get somebody like the Latraminta or somebody on a level with Alderweireld it's a huge upgrade right so why, why would we not do that but I don't think it's desperate but I think if we could strengthen there that would be good we've got Rodden to come as well so yeah. that's really exciting the other question he says is is there really a player who can do what Sissoko does and still be able to contribute in possession it's difficult, isn't it? Because Sissoko's game is just pure physicality, isn't it? It's just be, it's just being a big, solid man in the middle of the pitch and running around kicking you a little bit. And Hoiberg's doing that a little bit, right? But he's just bringing leadership and the ability to pass the ball. Yeah, I, 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 I genuinely feel, and I know it's because I also don't like Sissoko, but I do feel like he's a big part of the problem in that if you are going to play stylistically the way that we are and like the way Jack was just describing our defence it's like do you then need that um, right in front of you and and I think this weekend he sort of like he got beaten for the header for the first goal the second goal he let his man go and then I don't know what he was trying to do in terms of a a, a defensive header and for me if you are going to you know give up the ball as much as we do which is absolutely fine then you need your centre midfield to be able to a, win it back, and B, keep it. You look at someone like N'Golo Kante, it's like, he he always finds his man with his pass. Um, and that's that's what we don't have. So I don't think it is around, is there anyone who's able to provide his physicality? Because I agree, like, Hilberg does that. Like, he, he just gets about. The guy's got an engine on him. We need some, we need holding on to the ball in midfield, which is why I'd love us to play, love to see Hjolberg with Lo Celso and Ndombele mm-hmm. as midfield three. So Hjolberg and Ndombele with Lo Celso in front of them. Mm-hmm. Because I think Ndombele is as physical as Sissoko in terms of... But, but I feel like when he gets the ball, he'll keep it. And I think that's the big difference here. So, I, I, again, it depends on the type of game. Against Man City, against Arsenal, definitely play Sissoko. No problems there. You want a battering round in midfield. You know, against uh, Crystal Palace... You don't need both of them against Leicester. You don't need both of them, and that's our problem: is is this insistence on playing the same eleven, regardless of who we're playing? Like, mm-hmm. why? That I don't. That I don't understand. Yep. Okay. Good. Next question: Can we bounce back in the league from Zach four three one seven? Yes. Yeah, definitely, we can. Yeah. So, what, what's the next league game? Is it Wolves? Yeah. Uh, who just lost to Burnley and were battered by Burnley and all, all things. Yeah, and it's like, well, you know, Wolves are a Wolves are a decent side, but I think Wolves is a game is a team that the fans not being there has massively affected them. 
mm. like that. You you know, the thought of coming to Molyneux, you know, it, it makes you think, oh, maybe a draw wouldn't be too bad a result there. But without the fans, like, they're a good team, right? And they're, they're good on the break as well. It's like you've really got two counter-attacking teams coming head-to-head. So it's like, who's going to who's gonna play a slightly different way or who's going to get that first goal? But I, th- I think we can bounce back against Wolves. Like, I'd, I've not really thought too much of their defence really the last no. couple of seasons they're, they're great going forward and they've got some powerful players but you can get at their defense like and the way Kane and Son have been playing you know our backers to, to go and, do it. and we you know we need to bounce back as well it's like if we we've got Stoke and Wolves this week and we need to win both of them games it's like mm-hmm. I know that a few yeah. weeks ago we're talking about are we in a title race and all of this stuff and it's like the aim at the minute is to just try and keep hold of Liverpool and don't let them get so far in front. It's like, you know, are we going to win it? It's unlikely. You never know in football. you just got to try and hang on to the coattails for as long as you possibly can. And as it's six points at the minute, we're behind them. So it's like, yeah. if we were to lose at Wolves and then they win again, it's nine. Like, that's done. Like, you know, Liverpool have lost, what is it, two league games out of about 90. It's like, you know what I mean? They're not going to drop yeah, many yeah. points. So it's like, you've just got to keep winning. Um, and I think for me, we win both, them, both the games this week. The Leicester performance will be forgotten about quite quickly. The same way, same way the Everton one was, right? When we lost that opening day, we bounced, and then it was it was oh, that was a blip. Cool. All right. Short answers now, please, gents. So the real Bonjour six oh three says, "How have we not fixed our set piece issues yet?" Don't get me started. It's unbelievable. It's like Sun, ever since he started taking corners, has forgotten to. It, I, I, it's just it's just mad. It's just put it on the twelve yard spot on the twelve yard spot. If you can't beat the first man, just put it on the twelve-yard spot. I think we're just talking about conceding here. Oh, or maybe no problem. Maybe it's both. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a little bit of practice, a little bit of training. I remember Allardyce. There was an article where he just said he did some analysis and worked out that if you put the ball right on the front post, that that was the highest chance of scoring. So every single corner against on a Sam Allardyce team. Uh, you used to go on the front. Now, obviously, that's a bit of a fallacy because then the, your percentage would go down because everyone would know you were there. But it does seem strange how we just can't beat the first man. It was like Modric and then even and then Ericsson. No one can do it. Anyway, uh, JXB89 says, do Jose's tactics make him a cup manager? History would say no there, right? Because he's won league titles pretty much he's everywhere he's gone. But I get the point. I get the point in terms of the real modern day football. And that, but I, you know, in a way, I would actually say his style is probably still more suited to winning a, a league than it is a cup because a cup, a cup's one-off games, right? Where you've got to, you've got to go out and win those matches. Whereas, like his his style has always been a little bit more on you know counter-attack and being conservative with what you've got. Which over the course of thirty-eight games, you're probably more likely to be able to do that than in a one-off match against somebody. So that is exactly why I don't think going back to earlier, I don't think we're closer to winning a trophy at the minute because. Jose's point is don't lose first but in a cup game it has to be win first particularly like you knock out cup games but yeah I, also again it's like don't think there are cup managers and and um, and and league managers most cups and leagues are won by the same teams yeah. you might get to the semi-finals as a good you know you get a good cup run as a team you get to the quarter-finals but you know what I'm not my, sure I agree with this you know I, I just think you go in a cup obviously you have to win but it's He's he's always creating a platform to you don't lose first and foremost, right? Whereas whereas in a league you you can draw a game, and so your your point tally will take you up to fifth, fourth, fifth. Or, now obviously he's won leagues wherever he's gone, but he's also won an absolute bucket load of cups. 
I, I think his style is very suited to a, a cup with both one-off games and two-legged games. But, 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 his other question is, uh, hey, I am KP says, is it time to shift our focus to domestic cups and the Europa League or is it the Premier League title still within grabs? I think we crack on with, with both. Yeah. We, we push yeah. on with both. There's always been that question, isn't there, that Spurs fans will always say, do you want to get top four this year or do you want to win the FA Cup? And it's like, <clears throat> compete for both. Yeah. It's like, you know, and it, Look at our squad. We've got two players in every position that are all very, very similar in terms of ability. It's like, it's not as if we don't have the problem of we've got a great start in 11 and then we've got Josh Onomer and Zeki Fries on the bench. Like, we don't have that issue anymore. So it's like we can easily be competing on all fronts. And we've proven that so far this season with how we've done in the Europa League and the League Cup. Success, success breeds success. Like, if you look at teams, even after they've won the league, if they've got a couple of finals after that, they go out and try and win every game because you want momentum is you know probably, <laughs> momentum is probably more important than any tactic in football. It's like if you think if you step into that pitch going, I think I'm going to win because we won the last ten games. That's much more powerful than than the tactic. So yeah, just try and win every game. You you won't win every game, but if you try and win every game, you'll do a lot better. Right then, four more questions, gents. So this is the bail conundrum. So Yido Monty, Travis Scott Berger, Wood six five five eight basically says, do we need to be more patient with bail? Bail is the question. At what point is it unanimous that bail is finished? I mean, I think saying he's finished is is harsh, right? I think that it was an emotional signing for us, right? It's romantic us bringing him back, right? Because it's bail to Spurs. I think that you've got to take into account that he hasn't really played football for 18 months, potentially even longer than that, right? Um, at, at the highest level. Um, I think he's done what we've needed him to do so far in the games that he's played, right? He, he's been one of the main players in the Europa League, which we've done well in. You know, we've won our group. You can't really ask for much more than that. He's not played too much in the Premier League, but yet I think people seem to forget that he came off the bench against Brighton and got the winner. And it's like, they're the moments for me. But I think that that is what he's been brought back in to do. It's the games where we're struggling and you need a bit of magic that he's there for. I don't think we're going to get Gareth Bale dominating games for 90 minutes, as much as I'd love to see that. And that's what I remember, is him getting that ball on the left wing and just roasting fullbacks for an hour and a half. It's like, you're not going to get that anymore with him. Um, so I think to say he's finished is incredibly harsh. I think that Bale will be the February, March and April guy. Like when he's got six months of this style, being back at Spurs, getting his fitness up, getting used to playing football again. I think the second half of the season is where we're going to get the running with him. Yeah, yeah. If, if he, if... Oh, we lost Jack. We lost Jack. So I'll, I'll just say two things. So one, if if this was just a random European player, who and we didn't he was just a youth player sorry Jack we lost you so I, I correct on if this was if this wasn't Gareth Bale then he would be doing okay right if we just got him at this random European unknown but what he's also bringing is it's it's just a winning mentality he knows what it does to get the job done and I, I think that's good I um, there's this romantic notion of Bale, Kane and Son which was probably never going to come to fruition you know it, it just it's, it's not a front three that, that that can work for us because we know that from the third striker of our front three, they need to be a workhorse. They need to be yeah. a more a Lamella or Bergwijn. So I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I think Bale will have his moments this season. He's play some games. Again, it comes down to when can we start him and maybe give Son a rest? When do we bring yeah. Billion in the league and stuff like that? But yeah. 
Adit uh, says he wants a shepherd's pie recipe, so I will send you. There's a really good Delia one with um, cheese crusted leeks on top, so I will send you that. It's a cracker. Posh ASD, Christ. A what? Posh. Posh, you take that back. Um, you, yes, there was such a bite there. This is a shame where the, the listeners don't have the video because there's such a bite. <laughs> you, you tapped into a, a prejudice. I really do have. Um, <laughs> Bo Zombie says who's leaving in January. Big question. Delhi, probably. Fernandez. <laughs> I forgot he was even there. Oh. I think San- I think Sanchez will probably be gone. In- yeah, he's he's what now fifth, sixth choice centre back. I don't think he'll <clears throat> he'll be sticking around. I don't think we'll get rid of many in January. I don't think we'll get rid of many. January not. January is not a month where you want to be getting rid of too many players. It's it's where you, if you can bring somebody into basketball, great. But you don't want to be getting rid really of too many players because you don't want disruption at that point in the season. Who would be your dream signing in January? Just anyone? Uh, probably Messi. <laughs> He's a bit old now. But then if we're being if we're being realistic, then Bruno Fernandes. What was that Rio Ferdinand was saying? Was did you did you see that a few weeks ago? No. The the only like he wants United to strengthen and a real like gettable player for him would be Sun from Spurs. And it's like <laughs> it's like he's not gettable. he's not gettable. <laughs> so it's like he was getting loads of stick. I think even Stato might have tweeted him saying a, a realistic signing for Spurs would be Bruno Fernandez. Which of course. I still think central midfield is a is an area where we. I don't know if we need to sign anyone. We just need to figure it out um, because we've got good ball players in there in Underbell and Lascelles, but we just still haven't quite found the best way of playing yet. Yeah. Cool. Uh, final question. I've got a quiz ready as well. If you want, I know we're going late. But it's exotic by how long do we expect Mou to stay? Uh, I've had a look. Porto two years, Chelsea three years, Inter two years, Madrid three years, Chelsea two years, Man United two years. That's what we're expecting, right? Two to three yeah. years. Yeah. Two to three years. Yeah. Um, cool. Okay. So in the second uh, round of Mourinho at Spurs, we went to Wembley to play them and we lost two nil. If you remember in the League Cup, I was there. It was it was a weird one because even though they won two nil, I think it was that one. It was a great time and we had lots of fun. So I just want that whole team. So this is first of March 2015. It was Jose's first trophy since returning. And I want our team. This was the League Cup final. The League Cup final. This was pop. We'd only just really got Poch at this point, hadn't we? Yeah. Um, right. So it would have been it'd have been Hugo in goal. Hugo in goal. Then a right back. Um, Carl Walker. Carl Walker. I think he went off in that game, didn't he? From the I haven't right got. He's not. He wasn't substituted. Um, he was right back then. You, I'd assume Danny Rose was left back. Yep. And then centre half Dyer. Yeah. And Tongan. Yeah, very good. Now, mm-hmm. if you, I think he's playing. He is a four-two-three-one. This two is not who I'd play against Chelsea, who had Fabregas, William, Azard, and Costa <laughs> running at them. Wanyama. <laughs> uh, who? Wanyama. No, I think this is pre-Wanyama. Bentaleb. Bentaleb. Oh God. Um, maybe Dembele. Maybe. On the bench. Mason, yeah, Mason, Bentaleb yeah. and Mason. I got. I used to love that. I know they weren't that great, but like just the fact they were two young like academy players in the first team. It was just love Ryan Mason. Yeah, love Ryan Mason. Um, front, front of four, not awful. I mean, plays for Palace now. Townsend. 
Townsend, Chad, Chadley, and then maybe Ericsson. Ericsson, Ericsson and Kane. Kane, yeah. And then on the bench we had Soldado, Lamella, Vorm, Dembele, Fazio, Stambouli, and Davis. <laughs> Chelsea had Drogba and Oscar and Courtois on the bench. Horrifying. <coughs> That's what I mean around like Chelsea teams being attacked, Mourinho teams being attacking. Yeah. Like, he had Cahill, Terry, and Zuma on the pitch. Zuma, Zuma played centre midfield, didn't he? He was in the midfield, yeah. Who's Santos de Nascimento? That's one of those players that on BBC, is that's his name, but it's going to be someone else. He was playing number seven for them, but I don't know who it is. Ramirez. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was a good player. He was brilliant. Yeah. He was like a Sissoko, but could play football as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was busy. Just yeah, busy really Yeah, yeah. There it is. They only have 37 percent possession. There game. you go. There you go. Oh dear. Well, look, it's going to be. It's a massive week for us, though, right? Because if we bounce back this week with two victories, fantastic. If we have two more defeats, God will be going into absolute meltdown, won't we, next week? Um, there are a lot talking of melts. There's a lot of Spurs fans, idiots. Have you seen about Bergvine now changing his Instagram feed to private and? Um, People being racist to Oria now after a couple of results. Don't do that. I, I doubt there's any of our listeners who are doing that just because they're obviously not idiots. But, jeez. I mean, we've got as many idiot fans as every other club, but that that's disgusting. Yeah, it really is. There's just no place for it. It's shocking. Yeah, but like, there's people asking, like, how long until we have to stop, until players stop taking the knee? Well, until that shit stop yeah. happens. It's not even the overt racism that, well, it is, it, it's the covert racism we should be talking about. Not We shouldn't even be talking about the, the overt stuff. It's, it's, it's an absolute disgrace. Anyway. Massive week ahead. Two victories incoming. Christmas this week's our last pod before Christmas as well. So Christmas. have a great one, chaps. Uh, you too, man. You too. And whatever happens this week, remember, the future's bright, the future's lily white. Come on, you Spurs. I always thought there was very, very many people interested in football, and I always thought that football was a very important game, but I never realised until today just how important it is. Whether the Wonder Boys of White Hart Lane are or are not the team of the century can't possibly be more than a matter of opinion. Well, they're the finest team in Great Britain one of the best in the world. We are about the glory of the game. We are about playing with style. We are Tottenham Hotspur. The curve of the ball, the billow of the net, the beating of the trap and the picking of the lock, the swiftness of thought, the lightness of touch. We are Ginola. Greaves, Klinsman. We are the collective gasp, the intake of breath, the flick, the trick, the 30-yard free kick. We are Hoddle, Mabbott and King. We are the lob, the chip, the dummy and the volley. We are the hat trick, the scissor kick. We are Bill Nick. That is schoolboy's own stuff. We are the outside of the boot, the inside of the net, and those seconds that last forever. Van der Vaart to level it up. Raphael van der Vaart, 2-2! It's quite a game, isn't it always? We are Jennings, Defoe, 
and Perryman. Glory past, glory future, what was, what is, what's next. We are Blancheflower, Ardelis, and Bale. We are about winning with a flourish. We are about winning with style. We are about the glory of the game. Daring to try, daring to risk, daring to dream. To dare is to do. This is crazy.